Welcome to Shameless Talks. I'm your host, Julia Delorentis Johnson, and this edition of the podcast is all about music. Now, for those of you who don't know, the music issue from Shameless is our first print collaboration with our Youth Advisory Board, a group of teen girls and trans youth who contribute to part of the planning and behind-the-scenes work that goes into the magazine, ensuring that there is actual representation of the magazine's audience in our decision-making process when we make the magazine. And we plan to meet with them before creating each of our magazines going forward. Their representation is really important to us. So make sure you get your hands on a copy of that issue if you haven't already. Okay, so music. What can you say about that? It's touched all of our lives in some way. An incredible outlet for expression, creativity, building community, and learning about the world around you. It can amplify your thoughts and emotions. It can save your life. Okay, so once I was going through a rough time. Big breakup, living on my own again, and a newish job. And I felt like I was uh, in a sort of rebirth, like a new start. And for me, it was exciting, but it was also a big change. Now, I loved, I've loved hip-hop since I was a teenager. But in that year of adjustment, I found like I really dove into it. I scoured for newly released mixtapes. I was up on all the hip-hop logs. I always had my headphones on. And I had the ability to go to a lot of rap shows. And I really preferred going by myself. It was like a real treat for me. Hip-hop is a lot of things to a lot of people for sure. I mean, it's expression, it's resistance, it's joy, it's a teacher, it's something divine. Um, but for me, some of it often made me feel safe inside of myself, getting lost in the appreciation of those beautiful lyrics and beats. Now, I've had a lot of amazing experiences with a lot of different types of music, but I remember that time in my life and that type of music as being twinned um, and it being really important to me. And maybe you've experienced something similar to that. Okay, now, onto the show. We are speaking with three incredible musicians. First up, we have Brigitte Fry, a teen singer-songwriter on learning how to get good at it and about what to do if you have stage fright. Then we speak with Keisha Fresh, a female rapper from Toronto, about being female in a male-dominated musical genre and about how to get some studio time if you're low on funds. And then we speak with Gabrielle Guibosh, or Two-Spirit, a two-spirited rapper and musician from Manitoba, on how her upbringing and coming out as two-spirited earlier this year has shaped the music she makes and wants to make. Okay, here we go. It's going to be quite a show. Okay, Bridget, so why don't you tell me how you got started in music? Um, well, I guess I've been doing music since I was really young. When I was about two or three, I started nonstop asking for a violin. Mm -hmm. uh, I started classes when I was four, and I've just been playing music since then. Right, okay. I think my like uh, writing music uh, kind of got jump-started by Girls Rock Camp. Yeah. <laughs> How old were you when you were uh, started Girls, Girls Rock Camp? Like, was it I was seven or eight. Yeah, that was okay. a while ago. Yeah. <laughs> I've been going since it started in Toronto. Were you in one of the first classes? I was in the first camp. The ever. very first one. Yeah. <laughs> so what did you, uh, what was it like there? What did you learn? It's super fun. I learned, well, I mean, I had already started learning instruments, but I learned, like, basic drums there. I learned songwriting. Cool. Just how to handle being in a band and stuff. Right. And uh, 
did you did you form a band when you were there? I did. I was with. Um, I mean, I've been in multiple bands mm-hmm. there, and uh, one of the bands that I started, we stayed a band for about a year. Right. Okay. So yeah. Did definitely. you do some recordings and stuff like that? Did you songwrite together? Yeah, we did a lot of songwriting yeah. together. Uh, I mean, not any recording necessarily. There's always the, like Girls Rock Camp tends to do a recording often, like of the bands. But yeah. Okay. And so, when did you start to actually uh, write songs? Ah, oh, I don't. I think I wrote my first song grade two. Mm-hmm. It was about a mean substitute teacher. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever hear it? I don't think she did. Okay. I only met her once. So. <laughs> Right. And so how did you, um, when did you start to feel like you got good at it? Like, could you hear yourself improving? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I, I mean, I listen back to my old songs Mm -hmm. and stuff and I'm just like, oh my God, what was that? (laughs) Also, um, uh, like even just my songs from like nine months ago or something, I'm like, Oh my, that's not nice. Um, so I feel like I, I've always been improving just because I take classes so much. Do you take songwriting classes? Um, not necessarily classes, but I've taken a lot of workshops. Right. And I definitely, like, I have a music coach who just helps me through everything. Like, if I'm stuck on an idea or I need help with a second verse or, you know, anything mm-hmm. like that. So when you write a song, what does it kind of look like? Do the lyrics come to your head first or the music? I think it, well, it used to be the music, but then, um... How do I explain this? Okay, so it used to be the music would often come first, and then the lyrics would kind of, like, evolve. But um, I just think because I've caught up and I've written so much, now lyrics start to come first, and I have more trouble with the music. Just Hmm. because, I mean, I'm not the most technically advanced in guitar and stuff. So that can be an issue sometimes. But, yeah, it used to be the music, now it's the lyrics. So you play guitar and violin. And bass and ukulele and kind of drums and kind of piano, you know, like enough to get by. Yeah, and one person band. <laughs> yeah. What else would you like to learn how to play? Um, well, I'd like to get better at the drums. I've always wanted to learn cello. It's hmm. one of my favorite instruments. Oh, I'm also starting mandolin right now. Right, okay. So what kind of uh, music are you listening to these days? I listen to a lot of different types of music. So, um, yeah, like I'll listen to hip hop sometimes, folk, top forty, but mostly I listen to like emo music. What's that? Um, there's like, well, there's like the emo trinity, which is like Panic at the Disco, Twenty One Pilots, Fall Out Boy. There's a bunch of uh, My Chemical Romance. There's a bunch of like, just like really angsty loud punk bands, mm-hmm. kind of. Um, there's also some more like electronic stuff that still fits into emo, so like Melanie Martinez, Royce Gone. And I think the difference is, I wouldn't say that it, it like, influences my music as much as it just inspires me to do music, because mm. it's very different from what I write. What but. do you think is the difference? Well, for, I can't write, like, really heavy stuff. I don't, I just, it, my music never turns out to be too heavy. Also, their, all their songs are, like, very angsty and right. loud. <laughs> you don't feel very angsty? No. No. Okay. Sometimes. Sometimes. Sure. We all feel it sometimes. Yeah. Um, so, I've read that you do a lot of gigs on the weekend. Yeah. And can you tell me about that a bit? Uh, it makes, well, I have classes all week, and then I usually, like most weekends, have shows. Um, so it makes social stuff and relaxing very tricky, because mm-hmm. I'm always busy. But like, oh, no, I can't hang out this Saturday. I have to go play a show. 
and then another one the next day. Um, also, I play with my friend's band, which takes up almost every Saturday consistently. So. Wow. So what are some of the shows you've been doing recently? Well, I just played at the Beverly School. Um, I played at the Silver Dollar a couple days ago. Oh, how was that? It was really fun. Was that your first time at the Silver Dollar? It was my first time, yeah. Uh, I was definitely the youngest person there. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> um, yeah, it was really fun. Uh, I, where else have I played? I played at the Transact multiple times. Mm-hmm. I just played at the Cameron House with my friend's band. Excellent. I don't know. I've played at, like, street festivals, lots of places all over Toronto. And did I hear that you started when you were really small, you were on stage with the Hidden Cameras? Yes. My mom is very good friends with Joel, the, like, the lead singer and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and he's been always very supportive. Like, he just came out for the Silver Dollar show. He's, like, super supportive. And, and so stuff. how old were you when you went on stage with them? Um, I would have been, like... Two, I think. <laughs> Three, maybe. And then there was another... Were you like sh- the little dancing mascot in the corner? <laughs> no, I got to play drums, which probably didn't sound very good, but yeah. That's <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, I've... When I was little, I used to go around telling people I was an honorary member. Yeah. On cameras. I'm sure they would agree. Um, so do you have any advice for young people who would like to start to write songs or like to be in a band and you know aren't sure how to get started? I think, well, I mean, they should just practice nonstop, like... Music takes up most of my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you mean practicing your instruments? Yeah, take like up most totally. Of well, like and classes and just like working with friends. Like I co-write sometimes with other students, mm-hmm. like people my age. I go to a lot of workshops. I just constantly am trying to improve. Also, I feel like confidence is like a really big part of it. Like you just have to be confident in your songwriting because I've heard multiple people because I um I run in a youth open mic for other mm-hmm. youth musicians and I've heard so many people who are amazing but they don't think they are or they don't have the confidence to get up on stages and start playing their music all over the place and I think they just need to learn to do that. So how would you, do you have any tips on how to boost confidence? Uh, I've never really had stage fright so I'm trying to think. Um, have you ever had a time when you've been maybe slightly not 100% on stage uh, frighted <laughs> yeah i've definitely been nervous before and have you do you do anything to get yourself ready or calm yes. yourself down or pump yourself up um someone once told me i don't know why this helps me so much but uh excitement and nervousness i guess come from the same place mm-hmm. and you can take that nervous feeling and channel it into excitement so i've always just tried to work on that also i've always had like really supportive people either mm-hmm. in the sti- like in the crowd or like either my parents or my coaches or my friends. So I, you just got to like think about the people who are supporting you, I think, really. That's nice. <laughs> um, so what's next? Are you working on recording some more music? Uh, yes. So I have an album out called Fox Hats. Yes. Uh, and then... Um, and you want to tell us where you, we, we can get it? It's on Bandcamp. Bandcamp. Um... It's at, I'm trying to think of what CD, there's a couple CD stores in Toronto. I think it might be at Sonic Boom. Can people get it online? For those yeah. who don't live in Yeah, Bandcamp. Bandcamp. It's on Bandcamp. Um, okay. I'm trying to think where else. Uh, there's a couple stores throughout Toronto. Okay. But yeah, I'm working on a couple demos right now mm-hmm. uh, with my music coach. She's a really good producer, so she's been helping me. They're like, you know, they're not super professional, but I'm hoping to get a grant for an album in the next few months, but a full length one. Incredible. Well... Good luck. That <laughs> sounds like you need it. Well, thank you so much for speaking with me. Cookie floorboards bouncing under pounding. 
Keisha Fresh is a female rapper from Toronto who has been rapping for years, but she really burst on the scene last International Women's Day through Teen Backpack, a hip-hop music platform that, among other things, showcases up-and-coming rappers. Keisha, with three other female MCs, Havaya Mighty, Phoenix Pagliacci, and Lux Leosis, and, of course, Little Sister on the Beat, were part of the first-ever all-female Canadian cipher, and the clip went viral. Please check it out if you haven't already. I play a little clip in the interview to give you a taste. And that's how I found her, through this viral video, and I knew I had to have her on the show. I told you up top how much I love hip-hop. Well, I know good when I hear it, and she is it. Here's Keisha. Okay, Keisha, so why don't you start by telling me how you got started in hip-hop? I was pretty young. Um, my cousin used to take me to the studio a lot. A lot of my uncles and my cousins used to play hip-hop all the time, so they used to have cassettes. I used to like take their cassettes, listen to it. Um, so since I was a kid, I've always been around hip-hop, but um, it wasn't until I reached probably like pre-teens and I decided like this is something I want to do, watching Missy Elliott videos and stuff. I was like, this is so cool. This is so creative. So I just started like writing um, raps over industry beats and stuff like that, other people's beats, and it just kind of like manifested from there. So I was probably like about 10, 11. What were you listening to when you were 10 or 11? Um, Missy Elliott. My parents never really censored my brothers and I when it came to music. So I used to listen to like a lot of different like Pastor Troy, Missy Elliott, Jay-Z, DMX. You know, I grew up listening to those those artists. Um, and then De La Soul, Tribe Called Quest, yeah. you know, so... I had a wide variety of music uh, influence, and I think that's kind of what shaped me into the artist that I am today. Right. So what was it like uh, as you were coming up as a female MC? Because there aren't as many, obviously, as there are men, male MCs. What was it like? Like, how were you treated? Is it better than it used to be? <laughs> um, I don't know if it's better than it used to be. I always feel like back in, like, the 90s, there was a more of a variety. You had, like... Yeah, you had like little Kim Foxy Brown, you know, with the sexualized image, and that was great. Like, you know, that was cool for them. But then you also had the Queen Latifahs, you know, speaking about empowerment and consciousness. You had the MC Lights, who were very braggadocious. Um, you had the Lauren Hill, who was really conscious and, and soulful. You had so much different variety. Whereas today, it's kind of like there's one type of, you know, sexualized female artist in the forefront, and like that's as much as you see. The others don't really get the shine like before mm. so i kind of feel like it's actually digressed a little bit as far as you know the exposure and who's willing to sign artists who are conscience and uh, who are conscious and and you know don't expose themselves and and stuff like that um but coming up as a female mc i've had my share of obviously back and forth with the men and and, and getting my and having solidify my position but it's nothing that ever deterred me you know it's just kind of like it happens in every profession, and you just have to kind of, it feels really good. It's a good feeling, like, when you kind of break through that, and you, you know, you're triumphant in what you're doing as a female MC. so right. that's kind of how it is for me. Do you, did you find that kind of the, um, the acceptance for you as a female MC? Uh, did you ever feel like it was more novelty-based, like maybe they invited you to shows, but there was less say in the studio? Did you ever see it in imbalance, or did you see it kind of it was the same when people could see it and when they couldn't? Um, I mean, yeah, like, 
I've had, I've gone to like shows and done ciphers and is like the guys feel like they need to be the ones in the forefront. They don't want to pass you the microphone when you're doing okay. stuff like that. Like that stuff does happen. I've been in studio sessions where I've been the, like the guys got kid, like Keisha's here. Everyone else go out is Keisha, you know, so I've been, I've, 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 it's balanced. I've seen it balance out sometimes. And so that's why I don't really complain because again, there are times when I do, when I've been to studios and I've been like the Keisha's here, she's, you know, treated as an equal, sometimes treated better because, you know, she's working here. She's working hard just as everyone else. She gets her studio time. And then again, you go to shows and it's like, oh, the female artist, she gets to be the last on the cypher and stuff. So yeah, it's, it's, it's balanced. I've seen it balanced. Okay. So speaking of cyphers, why don't you tell me a little bit about that one that you guys did for um, International Women's Day? Oh, Which is yes. how I found you. I watched <laughs> it at least like two dozen times. I'm in love with it. Oh, thank you so much. The oh, team. so good. Thank you. I appreciate it. That was the Team Backpack Cypher. Um, it was a really great cypher. We, um, you know, we didn't know who was going to be involved. Like, we just had a representative reach out and say, listen, this is the date we're shooting. You have three days to write and <laughs> prepare yourself. Come meet us at the studio and whatever. So we kind of went in not knowing who was going to be there. What so you it mean you didn't be. even know you were going to be the four of you? No, we had no clue. Oh, really? Like I thought it could have been three, five, seven people. Like we had no clue. So oh, we kind of just got there. When I got there, I already knew Phoenix. We worked on stuff. Right. So when I saw Phoenix, I was like, oh, okay. And Hawaii, I've, I've known her from around. I never knew Lex prior to the cipher, but when we got there, like it was cool because we were all wearing all black. And again, we didn't plan this. We didn't know <laughs> no, who was great. Gonna, yeah, people thought it was like an organized thing. Yeah. We people think we're a group. I'm like, no, we didn't even know who's gonna be in it. I just like wearing black, so I wore black, <laughs> and apparently everyone else likes wearing yeah. black. So we all just, you know, it really clicked and it really vibed, and um, it was received really, really well, like millions of views. So yeah. we um, were very like grateful. Yeah. It's been a plot for years. Here's 400 way to stop me. Martin Luther King, I'm taking shots at everybody. Don't talk about it. Do the business if you're down the road. Flowers at your service, like ducks did the calico. With my night snatch your rook, that's suicide, homie, yo, that's where the king push. Come around, love, you can get your chain took. I won't do it, but my dudes ain't had a meal in that fool's quick. And I'm the calm before the storm. They don't even know this ain't even my final form. <laughs> let me grow. Uh, hey, yo, let me grow. Hey, yo, let me get this work. I got a few more bars, yo, let me hit this nerve. Ain't no one's trying to keep me in their pocket on some ill shit. She dope, we want some dudes in the building. Keisha is true, and yeah, she spit ill shit. So I'm asking Uncle Phil why they don't want me on some Will Smith. Let me relax, let me chill. Day, like, it's, it's so many opportunities for each of us that it's open. I've been, I was in New York last week. We did another team backpack event, HuffPo. Like, so many different things have opened. An all-female one? Um, no, we actually did. It was me, Havaya, and then it was John River and an artist named Roshan from Toronto. So they kind of mixed it up a little bit. So I thought that was amazing, and we had such a great time. And, cool. Yeah. Well, what I what really struck me about that cipher, and I'm sure it's true for lots of people who have seen it, is I've, I've seen uh, quite a few ciphers in my time, but like, and obviously like the the rhymes are solid, the beat is great, all of that that's always there. But you guys, and it's so it's extra stunning to me now, knowing that you didn't really know each other, about how incredibly like it's just like you have your crew behind you. They are so supportive. They, it was almost as fun to watch the people <laughs> behind the, the person doing the rhyming because they were just everyone was just so blown over by each other's rhymes and. As somebody who is not a rapper, to watch other rappers just like recognize each other's talent was well. I mean, that's exciting. what it's that's what it's about. Especially I mean, as females, exactly. That's what I was just going to say. That's what it's about. Being females, you know, we got to be there for each other. And and those were not like stage. Like those were really. Oh, yeah, they those were totally real. Those were truly like, yo, she said that. Like <laughs> I was really like 
Man, I was so blown when Lex made the reference to Trudeau's cabinet. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, Can-con. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and Phoenix made the reference about, um, most deaf and Talib. like little things like that made me just like fall. But I was like, Ooh, like, I can't believe they <laughs> said that. So it was real. We were really all, um, in, impressed with each other yeah. and, you know, everyone did their thing and had their own individual style, which I think is what made that, um, extra special. We all have our own unique style. No one was, was exact same. No one's flow was the same. It was, it was cool. Yeah. Um, so can you tell me a little bit about, uh, I'm hearing this term femsy and it, to me, it kind of, which is female MC, which to me kind of sounds like when people say female author, you know, it's like, there's a qualifier, like an author is an author, whether you're female author or not, but some people, uh, you know, disagree. What do you think of the term? Um, I, I mean, people are going to call you what they want to call you. I don't really, I, there's, there's been some heated debates. Like I know there's some people that just don't despise the word. Don't ever call me that. Da, 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 da. And I understand that. I also understand, you know, it's just easier to say, like, you know, I understand both sides of the argument. Me personally, it's like, if I had a preference, I would rather not be called that because like, you don't say, Oh, female doctor. Like, why you don't separate pe- every profession by their gender that's we like that's weird to me i don't know why people do that but with hip-hop i feel like music is music if you're good you're good you know if you were an alien and you're really good at rapping like you're good that's that's what what's the qualifier i don't feel like it should be your gender you're good for a female mc she's a fem c you know why does that matter you know so but i notice a lot of people are trying to kind of distance from that word like a lot of especially a lot of males that i'm around they don't like the they don't use the term they really make the effort not to use it anymore um because a lot of females are vocal about that not liking that term so you know i was born a female there's not much i can do about that but am i a good artist like you know that's that's what matters right okay um so what are you listening to these days um me i listen to a lot of dance hall music and like reggae music i i've like I like Conscience. He's my favorite artist right, right. now. Popcon, like uh, mm-hmm. Music Soul Child came out with a great album. He has an album out now called Life on Earth, and I listen to that on repeat. That's but otherwise, not really much. Right. Okay. K Trinata actually, K Trinata yeah. came out with a really great and uh-huh. Chance the Rapper. His, oh, yeah, that's amazing, that's eh? those couple albums have creeped into my playlist every day now are you gonna go and see him when he comes to chance yeah oh i have to go see chance (laughs) i've missed him every other time so this is i'm I'm going yeah excellent so what uh do you have any advice for some young people who'd like to become mcs yeah i mean my biggest thing um for young artists and i don't really i i know like as a female mc it's you know i don't i like to talk to young artists period male female um make sure that you're bartering a lot of us don't have the funds to do what we want to do in the music industry. So trade your skill. You know what I mean? Like if you can cut hair really well, cut some artist hair, cut some producer's hair, say I'll cut your hair for free. If I can come in the studio, you know what I mean? Like do whatever you have as an outside skill and let that help you. Um, even if it means going to a studio and sweeping up the floor and interning just so you can get recording time, like find ways to use other skills to be able to do what you want to do. Have, do you have an example of that working for you? Oh yeah, absolutely. I um I went to school for um uh music. I went to I took a music program at Seneca Independent Music Production. So it, I I learned how to engineer and stuff like that. So I was able to go to the Boys and Girls Club in Scarborough and offer my services of engineering the kids and then I also have that access to the studio. So Little things like that, you know, studio time is expensive, so figure out a way, you know, to make it work. Right, okay. 
Uh, and do you have anything coming up? Anything you want to plug? Yeah, I have an album coming out. It's called In Samadhi. Samadhi is the highest form of meditation. It's the ultimate peace. It's a yoga term. And um, a single should be coming out soon. Another single, the third one. There's Boogie Flats that's online right now. There's The Contemplation. Rewind and Do is not on the album, but it's on my SoundCloud. So, yeah, just go check out the music. Excellent. Okay, well, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Problem is, they so close-minded, looking for a big break, still can't find it. Working so hard, they grinding, grinding, working two jobs, they nine to five and welcome to tomorrow, I'm going crazy, man. Got yourself a body, brother, payoffs like 80 grand, show respects to demands them. When you see them, tell them Keisha sent you, when you meet them, round of applause when I come through. Sound the alarm when I stun on you, wherever you go, can I? Gabrielle Guboche, or Two-Spirit, is a musician from Manitoba, raised both in the city and the res, and has a keen sense of urban life and bush life through her experience as an Ojibwe, Cree, Anishinaabe, Meti, Sioux. Once identified as solely a male, Two-Spirit now identifies as a Two-Spirit First Nation woman. She came out earlier this year. Growing up, she experienced extreme abuse and violence, broken homes, and drug and alcohol abuse. Now she, along with her wife, Mary Black, create music, R&B and rap, from an Indigenous perspective, as Voices of Thunder. They also tour as community workers and motivational speakers. Here's Two-Spirit. Why don't you start by telling me how you got into making music? Um, I always had a... Uh, interest and a joy for music. I've been around it my whole life. My mother and my father both play the guitar and sing, and it's been a big part of my life. I've always had a connection to it. And when I started taking music seriously was when I seen Eminem come out with his, his hip hop album, Marshall Matters LP, in a, in a music genre where it was more, um, dominated by black culture. And I saw a different color of face. I figured that I could be the color of the face for my for my people, for Métis, for Aboriginals, First Nations, Indigenous, and that it was possible. It gave me a hope in that sense to break boundaries, I guess, to carve a new path. What kind of rap did you listen to when you were growing up that really spoke to you? Um, I actually listened to a lot of bad material, but the the skill was there. Like I had to hide my mace tapes that I had because I was still listening to Walkman and stuff like that. And then later CDs, so it was Eminem, Mace, Puff Daddy, and like the list goes on and on. So when did you get started? Like when did you start to feel like you could start recording your own stuff? Um, Well, I actually started like a long time ago when um my mom was taking care of uh, us four kids in her apartment and living on subsidy, trying to get her degree in university so we didn't have much uh, we had converters for our TV because we didn't have much money. And I had to use this really ghetto computer, this 56K computer that was really slow. And I first started recording on the sound recorder. So I, I managed to layer a vocal that was recorded separately from the, the instrumental and match them up just by, just by timing. So I started off right from like the most ghetto setup, the most like cheap setup you could think of to now. And I read in the bio that you sent me that you mentioned that um, growing up, you experienced a lot of different forms of abuse, violence. 
um, familiar with gang activity. You mentioned that you were often the only native person in your class when you were growing up and experienced a lot of harsh racism. How do you think that kind of stuff influenced your music before and now? Um, well, before, I guess, going through all that stuff, my music was a lot darker when I started. I was a lot angrier and I didn't have the proper coping mechanisms to deal with my issues. And um, as opposed to today and my growing from being negative, expressing myself instead of internalizing it and healing on the way now that I'm healing and I'm at a pretty quick peak with being healed, that I can, I can use my music to empower those like me. Like, I can express where they are. It's not me trying to step in issues. It's already I've been in issues. So here, this is how I change. This is how I live positively. And this is what you can do to live happy and peaceful and free, I guess. And that kind of um, leads me to ask about your motivational speaking. You said that you and your wife, who is also um, a musician and a creator, um, do motivational speaking. Can you tell me a little bit about where you do it and what you talk about, who you talk to? Yeah, we uh, usually talk to the youth. We uh, go to conferences, travel around Canada, wherever they want us, and we address the youth in whatever they're dealing with. It could be bullying, addiction, uh, sexual trauma. Like We cover all the range of, of issues, and we just try to help them and educate them to express themselves, come out of their shell, seek help, and also how you can change your life around them being at the complete bottom, feeling completely hopeless, to using art to express yourself and becoming something more, more than you think you can be. Do you have any um, examples? Like, does anything really stick out of a time when you guys were motivationally speaking and a student made an impression on you? Um, actually, yeah. When um, when I was out in Poplar Hill last time I was there, um, they told me that the kids need to break out of their shell because I speak to the chiefs and stuff like that to see what the issues are in these communities. But we also speak to adults as well in different venues. But in this particular occasion, I was in Poplar Hill and this one girl was really shy at first. And that was, they said, we want to bring the kids out of their shell so they can speak more and express more and communicate. And by the time I was done, just I was there for two days. And by the first day, this, I guess, the shyest girl that they can they can really um, single out, but not in a, an attacking way. She broke out of her shell completely, and she was expressing herself and what bothered her, and she was even willing to speak. She made her own speech after I made a motivational speech, and she wasn't likely to do that, so I helped her break out of her shell, and that was really powerful for me. What do you think uh, was it that made her break out of her shell? Was it just talking to her? Um, I think it was seeing somebody come from the same area with the same uh, issues, the same emotional, uh, I don't know what you can call it, emotional stress and like just doing it, beating all those odds, not letting it just hold you down and like put a lot of pressure and weight on you so you can't move. Seeing the example, I think the example is what, what brought her out of her shell. Well, you, you recently publicly came out as Two-Spirited this year and if I'm not mistaken, you changed, just tell me if I'm wrong, but I think you changed your rap name from, is it Strife as a Kesis? Uh, Asakesis. Thank you. To Two Spirit. Yeah. And so can you tell me a little bit, both about, I guess, what being Two Spirit means to you and what that experience was like coming out publicly this year? Okay. Uh, 
Yeah, it was terrifying. Um, I'm not one to be scared of things because, like, like you know, I have an extensive history of abuse, violence, you name it. I've been through it and survived it. So I'm not really scared of anything. The only thing I'm scared of is losing the people I love. And I love all my family. I love all my supporters and I love my fans. And it was terrifying to consider that I might have to lose them for being myself who I always felt I was since I was just a young boy because I was recognized already as a masculine male figure and like I can go walking around at the mall and stuff and I'd have to take pictures. You can pretty much guarantee that I was going to meet a fan there so I was widely recognized so it was even more terrifying because I was already in the spotlight and yeah it was just it was one of the the scariest things I had to do and I had to muster up so much courage to do it. Yeah I can imagine and so what is to you what does two spirit mean? Uh, two spirit means having two spirits um, it comes from my culture in Ojibwe, you say niche manitou, which means two spirit, literally. And it means you have a male spirit and you have a female spirit in your one being. So you can express either one as, as, as you wish to. But some identify more with the male side, some identify more with the female side. It's not really enclosed into one box. It's like expressive. It could be spontaneous or it could be, you could be gentle, you could be rough. It's, you can have the balance between those two spirits, or you can choose to be either way. And then you see the world in both views. You see the world as a, as a male, and you see the world as a female. So you kind of see the world in a different way, and rather not a two-spirit, not taking anything away from them, but you have that ability to feel like a woman if somebody's hurt, or to feel like a man if somebody's hurt, or have joy like a man if somebody's feeling joy, or have joy like a woman if somebody's having joy. And so, what kind of reaction did you receive from your fans when you did publicly come out? Um, some of them were confused, some of them were angry, some of them were wondering. They felt that I gave up my manhood and they, cause they looked up to me, but that wasn't the case. Later on, they got it. And, um, the, a lot of the fans were supportive, but some of them weren't. Some of them shied away. They didn't really say anything, but they shied away. And some were supportive and came and supported me out. Like, investing in my inbox and stuff like that. Um, but more so the greatest impact was between the people that I love, like my family and my friends. Yeah, but I've also gained new friends and it's cool. I'm I'm starting to go into that community. It's new ground for me. It's kind of exciting, kind of scary, kinda of nerve wracking, but I'm starting to build a new fan base, me and my partner. Right. So you've had people come into become in touch with you after you came out as two spirit to say to, to support you and to be like, hey, I'm really into your music now that I know this about you. Oh yeah, and that they that I give them hope and I make songs about it. How how you feel when you come out and go ridicule you because I faced a lot of ridicule and they said that it gave them hope and it's really powerful when you can keep somebody alive. They tell you that you keep them alive through the messages and the music. And that's what I originally came like came with my music to do is to help save and change lives. Originally it was to save and change my own life. But now I'm using that to change and save other people's lives for the better. Um, so what's what's next for you musically or creatively? Um, well, me and my wife have been working on songs ever since we got together over a year ago. And um, we're in the mix of creating this new album with our group, Voices of Thunder. And so we're continuously working on new music and we're trying to keep it positive, put our culture in there to educate the world and anyone who's willing to listen. and 
just cover all the fields that people go through and try to initiate some positive change. Plant seeds in their mind. They're not really aware. They're listening. It sounds good. The messages are good, but really we're trying to plant good seeds for people to change their lives and all of a sudden wake up and realize they're different things are different things are better. That's what we're trying to do with that music. Right. Like with the your song Warrior that you have, can you tell me a little bit about how that came about? Yeah, actually, uh, I made the instrumental before I met my wife and I was manifesting this vision of what I was going to do with this instrumental because I had a desire to perform at an award show and I was going to release an album, but I scrapped that and we're working on this new stuff together. And um, I made this instrumental and I, I told myself I'm going to be performing this at an award show in a year from now at least. And then I got, we got together, we met just by chance, and then I... I found the instrumental again, and it worked exactly for what we were trying to do. We wanted to make a warrior song proud for the culture and empower our people. And so it just so happened that after we made it, a little bit of time passed, and in 2015, we opened for the Indigenous Music Awards. Man, pressure, man, feeling like we all ain't a part of the protection, man, stressing kind of hard to calm me, hold me down. Lights all around, they haul us out, haul us in, it's on now, when we call them out, we warriors and we proud out loud, I'ma tell the whole world, every boy, every girl, go to know this way, try to tell me it's all okay, but it ain't just because you sang it with open eyes, I see through all the lies, with open eyes, I see my people dying. Okay, that's it. I want to thank all of my guests. Please check them out. They are on SoundCloud, Bandcamp, and elsewhere. You heard Warrior up top, and right now, it's by Voices of Thunder. I really hope you enjoyed the show. I'll see you next time.